Welcome to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, who's in his practical series entitled Shine, How to Live the Christian Life in an Unchristian World. Would you like to have a faith in God that is rock solid and miracle producing? Open your Bible to the book of Daniel as we learn how to be a lion tamer. Daniel chapter 6 gives us insight into how to have impact. Daniel chapter 6, one of the famous, famous chapters in all of the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, the story of Daniel in the lion's den. I've entitled this sermon, The Lion Tamer. Verse 16 tells us, Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. Daniel thrown into the lion's den. Hey, what does it take to be a Daniel in your world? We know that God did deliver him. But what does it take to be a Daniel? Three essentials if you want to be a Daniel. Essential number one, it takes a sold-out walk with God. Daniel, he had a sold-out walk with the Lord. Why was he so influential? Why did he have so much impact? Because he was sold out to God. And that's obvious from the start of the book. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8, key verse in the whole book of of Daniel. And it says that Daniel made up his mind. He would not defile himself with the king's choice food. He had a made-up mind. I am following the Lord. I don't care if I'm in Babylon. I would rather follow the Lord in Jerusalem, but I'm not in Jerusalem anymore. Now I'm in Babylon, and I don't care. I am going for God. He made up his mind. He was going to walk with God. Come hell or high water, he was going to walk with God. Now, have you made up your mind yet that you're going to really walk with God? So many Christians haven't really made up their mind. They're fence straddlers. They just kind of, well, you know, they like to have one foot in the world and one foot in, in the kingdom of God. And they like to, as Adrian Rogers used to say, they hold on to the garbage cans of this world with one hand and the stars of heaven with the other hand. And they're trying to play this little game. You can't do that. You're never going to have impact if you do that. You've got to let go of the things of this world and go for God. Now, when you have that kind of a walk, that brings God's favor onto your life. Let's look at chapter 6, verse 1. It says, It seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom, and they should be in charge of the whole kingdom. And he's setting up his kingdom. He's defeated Babylon. Now he's setting everything up. He needs 125 uh, satraps, you know, mayors and, and overseers over the kingdom that they should be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them three commissioners, of whom Daniel was one, that these satraps might be accountable to them and that the king might not suffer loss. When you have a big kingdom like the Medo-Persian Empire and that kingdom, you wanted to make sure people weren't going to rip you off and that you didn't have some some bad uh, officials in there that were going to be taking money under the table. And so Daniel, is he rises to the top. He's one of the three uh, that is overseeing the whole thing. And then it says in verse 3, 
Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. He's going to be number one. He's going to be prime minister. He was prime minister in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, and now he's going to be prime minister, the number one guy over all the kingdom of Medo-Persia. Pretty cool. He began distinguishing himself, it says in the New American Standard. Great word, distinguish. That word literally means to glitter from afar. He began to shine. He was glittering, and Darius could tell there's something different about that guy. I'm putting him over everyone. He was sold out. Hey, when you're sold out, your, your walk with the Lord, that brings God's favor upon you. The Scripture says in 2 Corinthians 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. If your heart's completely God's, he's going to strongly support you. His favor is going to be upon you. His power is going to be upon you. People are going to notice there's something different about you, and they notice that about Daniel. There's an extraordinary spirit as Belteshazzar, the king, the last king of Babylon, said, in you is the spirit of the holy gods. Man, God's Holy Spirit was all over Daniel, and people could tell. When you have a sold-out walk with the Lord, God's favor is upon you, and that kind of walk makes you useful even in old age. What a great word of encouragement. You know, Daniel, when he was taken from Jerusalem, he was about 15. The year was 605 B.C. when he was taken, kidnapped from Jerusalem, taken to Babylon. 15-year-old kid put in Babylonian graduate school at, at 15. Now the year is about 538 B.C. He's in his 80s. And Darius the king wants to make him prime minister over the whole shebang. In his 80s. Most people retire in their 80s, not Daniel. Big-time job, being the number one guy in the huge kingdom of Medo-Persia, the world power at that time. Now, sometimes we get the idea in the culture in which we live that as you get older, I mean, you're, you're yesterday's news. And sometimes we can think, well, my usefulness is gone. I'm put on the shelf. I'm put out to pasture because I'm in my 60s or I'm in my 70s or I'm in my 80s. I love what the scripture says in Psalm 92. It says, they, the righteous, will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Man, if you will walk with the Lord, burn the ships, really walk with God, and Daniel walked with God decade after decade after decade after decade. He's 85 or so. Daniel is, and God is still using him in a powerful, powerful way. So that kind of walk, it brings God's favor, and it makes you useful even in old age. And thirdly, that kind of walk makes you a thorn in Satan's side. When you're sold out to the Lord, the devil doesn't like it. And this is where the plot thickens. It says in verse 4, Then the commissioners and satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against Daniel. In regard to government affairs, 
but they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption inasmuch as he was faithful and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Then these men said, We shall not find any ground of accusation against this man, Daniel, unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. What a testimony. There's no dirt on Daniel. The only way you're going to get Daniel is if it has something to do with his devotional life, with his relationship with God. Verse 6, Then these commissioners and satraps came by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows, King Darius, live forever. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the high officials and the governors, have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days shall be cast into the lion's den. Oh, all of you have decided that? Well, how about my number one guy, Daniel? Yeah, we didn't talk to Daniel about that. But all of us have decided, obviously not Daniel, that we're going to make you, Darius, king for the month. You're going to be king for a month. And anybody who prays to someone other than you, well, that person should be thrown into the lion's den. And so they came at the king with a plan to get at Daniel, and the plan was rooted in the king's ego. Man, king, you're so great. You need to be God for the month. Wouldn't that be cool? God of the month. And everybody is going to have to pray to you. And if they don't pray to you, then they're going to go into the lion's den. He says in verse 8, Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that, it may be not, so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. That's a big deal. If you signed a law according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, boom. That was, that was in stone. That wasn't going to be changed. It says in verse 9, Therefore King Darius signed the document that is the injunction. Well, Daniel's in a tough spot here. They knew they couldn't get at Daniel unless they came at him in his relationship with God. Hey, if you walk with God, a sold-out walk with God, not only does that bring God's favor, not only does that bring usefulness, no matter your age, but it also brings retaliation from the enemy. And these guys were obviously inspired by the devil to do what they were doing, but God let it happen because God is over it all, and God is going to use this for his glory. So what does it take to be a Daniel in your world? Number one, it takes a sold-out walk with God. Essential number two, it takes a commitment that refuses to compromise. Look at verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now in his roof chamber he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. He knew what it said. You pray to any god other than the king, King Darius, you're thrown into the lion's den. That's the law of the Medes and the Persians. It's not going to be changed. So what did Daniel do? He went and prayed, as he always did. Now, there's some key things, two key things we learn here about the, the life of Daniel. Number one, Daniel was disciplined. And God wants you and me to be disciplined in our walk with him. It takes discipline to walk with God. You have to discipline yourself, as the Scripture says, for the purpose of godliness. And Daniel, three times a day, spent time with God. 
He'd go up into his, into his room, into the upper chamber of his room, and open up the windows toward Jerusalem because Solomon had said in his prayer, God, when your people look toward Jerusalem and look toward your temple, that you're going to hear them. And so he would do that. And he did it three times a day. And here's a busy guy who is prime minister of the whole shebang, has lots of people reporting to him, and he reports directly to the king as the number one. He's got lots to do, but hey, the Lord is the priority in his life. And with lots to do, he still takes time and makes time three times a day to get down on his knees and to pray to God and to seek his face and to give him thanks. Daniel had a disciplined life. But not only did Daniel have discipline, Daniel had determination. And God wants you to be determined in your walk with him. Now, here's the question. Daniel knows, verse 10, now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he knew, hey, here's the deal. If I pray to you, God, then I'm going to get thrown in the lion's den. And so Daniel could have rationalized the situation and said, well, Lord, you know, I can't pray as publicly as I did before this law came into being. And so, God, I'm going to just have to keep my shutters shut And I'm just going to have to go in my inner room where nobody can see me, and then I'll pray there. I'll just go in my prayer closet, Lord, where no one can see me, just you and me, and there I'll pray. And Lord, I'm just going to do it for 30 days because you know how the law is right now, Lord. I got to to be on the the QT right here because we're in a tough spot. And so he could have done that. But if he had done that, he had been compromising. He would have been a coward. And Daniel wasn't a compromiser. And Daniel wasn't a coward. And Daniel said, what I have been doing, I will continue to do. I don't care what law is out there. That law is bogus, and that law is against my allegiance to God. And so he was determined to walk with God. He wasn't going to alter his practice to accommodate some evil law. You want your life to count? Don't compromise. Make a commitment that refuses to compromise. And essential number three, what does it take? It takes an unwavering trust in God. Daniel had that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had that. An unwavering trust in God. David said in Psalm chapter 26, verse 1, I have trusted in the Lord without wavering, without shaking, without sliding and slipping away. I am trusting you, Lord, with all my heart. Solomon wrote that, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. No doubt Daniel knew that verse. And he was trusting in the Lord with all his heart. God, I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to be faithful. And if I I get killed in the lion's den, then I get killed in the lion's den. But I'm not compromising in my relationship with you. I'm not compromising my principles or my convictions. I'm not violating my conscience. You know, when you have that kind of heart that trusts God like that, what does he say? The eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. God will deliver those who trust in him like that. Now, here's the story. 
They get the king to sign the law. Then Daniel breaks their crummy, stupid law. And then they run back to the king because these guys are, are manipulators and they're just trying to get Daniel in trouble. They don't care about Darius being king for a month. What do they care? And so then they run back to the king and they said, hey, king, didn't you sign a law according to the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be changed? Didn't you sign a law that anybody who prays to a god other than you, remember, you're god of the month, king, that anybody other than you, that person shall be thrown into lion's den? Darius said, yeah, sure did. It's according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be changed. And they said, hey, there's an exile from Judah, this Hebrew, Daniel. Well, he blows you off, king. He's thumbing his nose up at you, king. See, they, they, they threw that in there. Here's Daniel. He's the number one guy. He's their boss. They call him the exile from Judah. This old dude, he's in his 80s, and we're young guys, and we're, we're from here. We were born here. That's an outsider, and all of a sudden now he's over us. Well, let me tell you something. That guy blows you off, king, and he's been praying, and you said, you wrote it, that it can't be changed. And so Darius, the scripture said, he was distressed. He was angry with himself because he had been duped by those guys. And he set his mind to try to release Daniel, but there was no way to release Daniel. See, here's the thing. The, the, the king was considered God. And so if the king made a law, and then he made it in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which was this like ironclad, you couldn't change that. Here he's got to get rid of Daniel, his number one guy, because Daniel was praying to Yahweh God. Difficult situation. And it says that he threw him into the lion's den. The lion's den was a big pit, and so they would throw him in at the top. It was filled with lions. You had lots of lions in there, and they were hungry lions. And what they would do is they would keep the lions just on the hungry side. They'd feed them enough so they wouldn't starve, but they, always, they were always looking for a meal. And it says, uh, verse 17, a stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of the nobles so that nothing might be changed in regard to Daniel. You couldn't break in there because then you would bring the wrath of Persia on you. It says, verse 18, then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. He's a pagan king, and he's fasting because he's so concerned about Daniel, who has made such an impact on him. Verse 19, then the king arose with the dawn at the break of day and went in haste to the lion's den. And when he had come near to the den of, uh, to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lion's? Probably a part of him was thinking, am I really expecting an answer back? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me, inasmuch as I was found innocent before him, and also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatever was found on him. Why? Because he had trusted in his God. They asked a little girl in Sunday school, why wasn't Daniel hurt when they put him in the lion's den? And her hand shut up, and she said, oh, I know. 
She said, because of the lion of the tribe of Judah. He was in that pit with her, with him. And that's such a great thing. God was there with him, and God protected him, and, and God sent his angel. And I think when Daniel went in there, the angel went there too, and as the, the lions came forward, the angel just said, stay, like you would a dog. Stay. You're not going to eat him. You wouldn't like him anyway. He's 50% backbone and 50% grit. I mean, he's just not going to be good to eat. Daniel's stronger than an acre of garlic, but the angel probably said, you guys hold on because there's a meal coming in just a few hours because Darius is getting ready to throw in the whole bunch that tried to dupe him and their wives and their kids. They're going to all go in there, uh, scores and scores of them. And the Bible says that the lions ate them and crushed all their bones before they hit the ground. It's not like one or two lions with three teeth that have already eaten. These are, there are lots of lions there, and they're hungry lions, but God protected Daniel with his angel. See, God delivers those who trust in him. Now, remember this. God delivers. Sometimes he delivers before we get in the pit. That's always the kind we like best. Before you go and you think, uh, they say you could have cancer, and you're thinking, oh, Lord, please, no cancer, no cancer. And then, then they get the report back and they say, we did the biopsy, good news, no cancer. Praise God. That's how we like to be delivered, before the situation. But God doesn't always do it like that. Sometimes he delivers you in the pit. That's what he did in Daniel's case. When God delivers you in the pit, God gets more glory than if he delivers you from the pit. And sometimes God delivers you through the pit. He takes you to heaven. See, some people die for their faith. Some people's story is not like Daniel's where he's delivered. Isaiah the prophet, he didn't have a story like that. King Manasseh put him in a hollow log and cut him in half, and he died. Paul's got his head, got his head cut off. James was put to death with the sword. Peter was crucified upside down. Some guys, they die for their faith, but they're still delivered. And Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 18, The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Here's the thing. Your job, whatever pit you're facing today, whatever pit you're in today, your job, stay faithful, stay thankful keeps you from getting bitter, and it allows God to do whatever he wants to do in and through your life and in and through that situation. God will deliver those who trust in him, and God will be glorified by those who trust in him. I love how this book closes out in chapter 6. It says in verse 25, Then Darius the king wrote to all the people's nations and men of every language who are living in all the land, May your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and enduring forever, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed, and his dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and perform signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has also delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. God gets all the glory when you trust him because he's free to work in your life. And listen, even if you die 
in your pit. If you will die faithful to the Lord, trusting the Lord, you'll be like Bill Bright was, who had that terrible disease that turned his lungs into concrete. And in the last few days of his life, as he was talking to James Dobson, and James Dobson said, how are things going? And Bill Bright, who could barely talk, he said, I am rejoicing. And he rejoiced in the Lord all the way to glory. And God delivered him from every evil deed. And God brought him safely to his heavenly kingdom. My friend, are you a soldier in the Lord's army? Have you ever received Christ as Savior and Lord? If not, today is the day for you. Just pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I need you. I know that I'm a sinner and I'm lost and I can't save myself. But Jesus, I believe you are God in the flesh. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of all my sins, make me the person you want me to be. I surrender my all to you. My friend, if you'll pray that kind of prayer and mean it, the Lord will come in and your life will never be the same. I'd love to hear from you, to know that you're watching, to know that this program is making a difference in your life, to know that you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. Please take the time to call that toll-free number, write me, email me, let me know what's going on and how we can pray for you. You really are important to God, and you're important to us, and we're here for you. Today's lesson, The Lion Tamer, is from Pastor Jeff Shreve's six-message series, Shine, How to Live the Christian Life in an Unchristian World. The lesson is available in multiple formats when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org. Do you feel like you're living in a world of temptation and spiritual darkness? Have you felt the pressure to cave on your Christian convictions so you can fit in at work or at school or maybe even at home? Hey, is it possible to shine for Jesus in the day and age in which we live? The answer is yes. The Bible tells us about a man named Daniel who was kidnapped from his homeland in Jerusalem and taken to a faraway place called Babylon, a place of spiritual darkness, a place where there was great pressure to conform and compromise. But rather than give in, Daniel was one who stood strong for the Lord and he let his light shine and God blessed him for it. Now to help you shine, I'd like you to get my practical series on the book of Daniel titled Shine, How to Live the Christian Life in an Unchristian World. I trust you'll be blessed as you put the truths of this teaching into everyday practice. I hope you'll get your copy today. God bless you. To get Pastor Jeff's inspiring and challenging six-message series, Shine, plus his encouraging booklet, In the Face of Discouragement, make your gift of any amount this month to From His Heart when you call 877-777-6171 or go online to fromhisheart.org and learn how to live the Christian life in an unchristian world. And thank you for supporting From His Heart. From His Heart is the viewer-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, who believes that no matter how badly you may have messed up in life, God still loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. You can find out more about that plan at from his heart.org. We'll truly-